0: Blanket of her husband that had died. She had that blanket laid out on his grave. And she was laying on his grave, on that blanket. And beside of her was their baby. Sacrifice. So on this day, we often ask and recognize people that have served to stand. And I would like to do that now. If you have served in any branch of the military, please stand. Thank you all very much. Now, yes brother. Agreed, brother. Agreed. So tomorrow, remember. Remember. I also wanted to... It's emotional for me to share, but I haven't been closely affected by family members that have went to war or family members that have never come home, but I know many of you I pray that tomorrow, and even the government has said at 3 o'clock, they've even narrowed it down from the day, narrowed it down to the time, for everyone to pause at 3 o'clock. Just remember. Remember the sacrifices. And remember the land that we stand on is free. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for being in your house today. Lord, there's a lot that we have to tell you. But the one thing that never, we can never tell you enough is how thankful we are in our lives. We're thankful for our families. We're thankful for the service men and women of the country. We're thankful for our family as believers. And we're thankful for opportunities to serve you. And we always have to remember that, Father. So I pray that we all here can be in that state of remembrance throughout today and tomorrow, but not just on a special day, but as we go throughout all of our lives, we are in a state of remembrance that you are a sovereign God. And I pray today that we're going to open your scriptures and we're going to look at a passage from Psalms. And I pray that our hearts be touched by that message of continued praise and remembrance in your Son's most holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh, phew. I put my notes on this side instead of this side. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to pull off the My Custom Church app <laughs> to get through it. All right, great. So Psalms 30. If you could turn with me to Psalms 30 this morning. And um, we're going to walk through Psalms 30, so um, I'm actually going to just kind of uh, open with, in your your Bible there might be a text at the very top that is part of Scripture, by the way. It might not have a number on it, but in the middle of my Bible it says, uh, Joy comes with the morning. It says, A Psalm of David, a song at the dedication of the temple. So here we have a dedication. So, some scholars say this is David's house that was completed, and, and he's speaking, he's dedicating um, his house to the Lord here. Some say it's part of the temple uh, grounds that his son has melt, as um, excuse me, that his son um, will build later on. Um, so we're gonna, I'm gonna go and approach it today, uh, like this is David's house that he's dedicating to God. So if you could um, stand for the reading of God's word, we are actually. Just going to read verse 11 and 12 at this time, and then we're going to start at the very beginning. Psalms 30, verse 11 and 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. All God's people said, amen. Please be seated. All right. So um, before Renee and I knew that we were going to, um, way before we knew, hey, how about you guys go to West Virginia? We said, hey, let's build a house in North Carolina. So we said, okay, all right, we'll build a house in North Carolina. So Everybody knows building and, and, and construction of a house. And we had all the studs up, you know, in the house. And, um, but they hadn't put any drywall on the house or no electrical or anything like that. And we're like, hey, let's put up some verses uh, on the studs of the walls and, and write some verses. So, so we did that. So in our um, house in North Carolina, currently one of our family members is staying in. Over the kitchen studs, it says Psalms 23 one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Over our living room, we have Joshua 24, 5. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Over one of the children's rooms, we have Proverbs 22, 6. that says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not, not depart from it. On the other children's room, we have Psalms 123. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward, And then over the master bedroom, we have Psalms 127.2. It says, It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. We just say that every night. We're not eating anxious bread before we go to sleep. But we have those verses um, behind the drywall, behind the paint. Nobody can see them, but we know they're there. And that's kind of how we, our little memorial, our little dedication as we build our house in North Carolina. And so as we go through Psalms 30 today, David's house is complete. And now he has a time of dedication for the house. Verse 1, it says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice Over me, I always hate it when I start reading a verse and there's a word I don't know. And extol is one of those. Does everybody use extol every day in their vocabulary? (laughs) Right. That's one of those words that I don't use every day. So of course I look it up and and right. It's it's the meaning of excessive praise. You just continually pour praise, continually pour praise. I wrote in my notes just continually pour praise about Jeff's ability to catch crappie at Lake Anna. Just continue just to pour praise, just pour praise. Right? Of course, here David is talking about his, um, his Lord and how he's drawn him up and lifted him up. Right? You see that here. It says, drawn me up. It's also lifted up. Because we've all faced obstacles in our life. We all agree. <laughs> right? I've shared this morning in the worship we get over one mountain and what? We might get to go down just a little bit, but man, we don't get to go down as far as we thought because there's another mountain climbing toward us. Personally, right, I'm going through the budget cycle at work, and Renee says, how many times are you going to look at that spreadsheet? Like, well, until it gets approved. that's all right. <laughs> right? But you just keep going, and you keep going on certain things, and you might have things in your job that you're, that you're going through that you're uh, battling with. You might face things like attack on your character. This one hurts me the most, and it probably hurts a lot of you the most, when somebody says, well, so-and-so, or Kevin said this. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And that just bugs me. <laughs> it's like, I know what I said, right? Um, I had a situation last week about that. It's like, no, I know what I said, but what, did, what you heard is like that telephone game. I hate those situations, right? You just start I remember playing that in elementary school where um, something like the teacher wears a blue sock that's the sentence, but somehow there's a really good movie on Friday night and they had popcorn and pizza by the end of it, right you know that little little game. I hate that lack of communication there, but it's the obstacles that we always face we always go through right um, you know might be going through a loss of the loved one. those are struggles that we have um, and David had many obstacles in his life as well. He had um, all the battles is in in these passages and in this history. His victory over the Philistines, Moabites, Syrians, Ammonites, Armenians. I picked all the ones I could pronounce, by the way, but he had a lot of other victories as well. But um, we have victories, we have battles, we have struggles, we have loss. But David's giving credit to the Lord here and praising Him that says, You have drawn me up. Verse 2, it says... O oh Lord my God, I cry to you for help, and you have healed me. You have healed me. So we've all cried out to God for his help. Hopefully you have. Not just cried out for his help, but what we often talk about here is we often give him praise in the storm as well, right? But in those times of loss, those times of grief, those times of struggle, we should cry out to God as David says here, because when we cry out, God will indeed heal us. When I think about healing, there's two aspects of healing. We have the physical aspect of healing. So I have a very small prop today. Here's my very small prop. I see that? You hold it up to the camera. Right? Very small prop. A little band-aid. Right? What about you with a house of four kids? We went through a lot of band-aids, we still do. Right? But I always, the, the physical aspect of, of healing. I always say, especially to to my son Daniel, I was like, he gets a scrape, he gets a scratch, I say, don't worry, God's going to heal it. And what does God do? Most times, God healed it. How did God heal it? Didn't He design you? Didn't He design your body? Right? God's going to heal it. You can even get into the fact, well, God, God helped the guy design Neosport, whoever designed Neosport, that helps too, right? Just put all that together, God's hand is still in it, It heals it. God put all 206 bones in your body. Did you know that's how many you had? 206. Some of us might have a half after some recent surgeries. Where's Chris? He's got like a half a hip. 205.5. Right? Anybody know how many miles of nerves God put in you? Come on, somebody give me a guess. 42, pretty close. 37 miles of nerves in your body, your nervous system. All right. How many taste buds did God put in your mouth? Take a guess. 10,000. 10,000. And they regenerate every few weeks, by the way. It's pretty cool. You dive into the human body and how God created it. He heals us physically. Just amazing, really, how he does that. And it's all by God's design that he does that. So when David cries out for God to heal him, I think of those physical aspects. And I'm just encouraged and strengthened knowing that, hey, God designed me. I wish he would have gave me more hair. But God designed me. Right? Hey, that's my wish, okay? Did I tell you about the hat Renee found for me? It was like a $600 hat. I think. Maybe 800 I don't know. But it's got these little laser things in it. And you wear this hat for like 15 minutes a day. And in like 60, in like 60 days, it's supposed to grow your hair back. But don't worry, it's not the budget. No, he didn't buy it. It wasn't in the budget. I'll just however the lord however the lord made me right but he designed all of us so i think the healing aspect and the physical nature of it but also right god heals us on the emotional healing and wounds that we have i think of the biggest one that we all struggle with is forgiveness right we all struggle with that forgiveness and um, it's hard to let go of some things and we have to talk about those things, but nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room. I like that expression. Why does nobody want to talk about the elephant in the room? Because it's hard. <laughs> and maybe sometimes we need to ask God to help us about that, because how many times are we frustrated about um, well, you should have done this, or you should have done this. Even last, we put out an old movie last night. Everybody remember the movie Rocketeer? Remember that movie? It was the early 90s. It was a Rocketeer movie, but uh, I'm sorry, not Rocketeer. Parent Trap. No, nope, Parent Trap was what I was going with. Anybody seen Parent Trap? Okay, were these two twins, right? Yeah, the first one. Parent Trap. Originally, these two twins separated at birth. Mom and Dad decide to have separate lives, and then they come back to camp, and the same, and then they switch places and go back. And then they get Mom and Dad back together again, which is great and all mushy. And Sorry, my eyes get a little sweaty. I'm sorry. But... He gets them. They get them there together. And mom says, Well, you never came after me. And he says, I didn't know you wanted me to. There was an elephant in that room. If they had just talked about it ten years ago, may have been different. But talk about it, those elephants in the room. God gives us the strength to do that. If we ask Him, if we talk to Him, like one of our songs said this morning. So, verse 2 there, the cry out to God and He will heal you. Verse 3 says, O Lord, You have brought my soul from Sheol. You restore me to life from among those who go down to the pit. And the pit here is talking about the grave. Right? Talking about the grave. And I mentioned those battles earlier that David had. And he went through those battles because he was a man of action. He was a man of action. He ran into those. And we don't know if here if he's talking about like a d- distressful time emotionally or a time physically, right, um, that he had a near-death experience. But whatever the situation, David thought he was near death, and God had restored him. God had restored him. So we have David standing, right? We have David standing here in Psalms 30 at the dedication ceremony, and he's sharing... In verse 1, how God lifted him. In verse 2, how God healed him. And in verse 3, how God restored him. He's sharing his testimony. To all those there with him, he's sharing his testimony. Right? I think that's awesome in front of all those people. He's sharing his testimony. What is God? He's drawn him up. He's healed him. He's restored him. Now let's look at verse 4. Sing praises to the Lord, O you saints, and give thanks to His holy name. So David is singing, but he doesn't want to be the only one that's singing. He wants everyone to sing praises to God above. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite hymn? By the way, Victory and Jesus is on top of my list. It's like top five. What else? What's some other songs you sing, hum around the house? Come on, Jeannie, I know you got one. Amazing Grace. What's your favorite hymn? Precious Memories in the Garden, right? Those favorite songs. All right? We have those songs for sure. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was the wrong one. Marriage Matters jokes, sorry. We've got to get those classes going again, by the way. The, um, so the other day, yes, face, your, your huff face is pretty red there. The, um, the other day, we were going to, uh, so my girls aren't here today. Uh, Lily wasn't feeling good yesterday, some allergies type stuff or you know, weather change. Um, but we were going to sing uh, a song at the end. We are going to sing Casting Crowns, uh, Praise You in the Storm, and we're going to, we're going to listen to that at the end. Um, Would've been better if they could sing it, but we'll do that another time. But I, taught, I was talking to Joe. I was like, Joe, I need you to sing with us, be a little bass. He's like, no, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. I was like, Son, the Bible says that we are going to be praising and singing to to God and to Jesus for all eternity. So let's get going, right? Amen. Who's going to beat that argument? Let's go right now. Look at that grin on his face. You know what he says to me? Well, if we're going to do it, do it forever, Dad. Why we got to do it right now? All right. We need to practice a little bit more, right? Hey, that's a valid argument. Valid argument. I won't discredit that at all. I gave him a hug, told him I loved him, and that was a good answer. But we're still gonna sing. <laughs> we'll sing it sometime. But that was good. But right here it's sing praises to the Lord, O you saints, and give thanks to his holy name. Give thanks to his holy name. So he wants everyone to sing God's praises. David wants everyone to sing God's praises, and he also wants them to thank God for what blessings they have in their life. Do you ever think about it, it's just simply good manners to thank God for what He's given you? We don't talk about good manners much anymore. One that we have at our house, we don't do too much with keep your elbows off the table. Didn't much for that one. Mary's really helped us on no burping. I didn't drink any Coke this morning anyway, by the way. All right. I did that one Sunday morning. I had a little small thing of Coke, and I was like, uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. might burp. Burp when I'm singing. That doesn't go between amazing and grace. That, that belch doesn't go there. Speaking of manners, all right. And then the other one we struggle with uh, in our household is the, uh, is the shirt sleeve napkin. You ever have that one in your house, too? You struggle with those manners? All right. And Renee said the one that drives her the most nuts is just chewing through mouth. <laughs> Open. Hey, Dad, what do you think I'm talking Slow down. Slow down. But it's simply good manners to thank our God above for everything that he's given us. That's a cool reminder there that David gives us for sure. So now y'all are talking about manners at your dinner table. You can circle that back to some Jesus for you. Sounds good. So, in these verses one through four, right? David's given reasons why he praises God, and now in verse five he starts a little bit of a shift and he tells us a little bit about why all the other folks, why we should continue to praise God. So in verse five he says, "For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime." Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know. How many people go to Hobby Lobby? Raise your hand if you go to Hobby Lobby. Raise your hand if you go to Joanne's. All right, there are more Hobby Lobby hands. All right, so this is like a Joanne sign, this verse, right? Everybody's seen that verse at Hobby Lobby or Joanne's? But joy comes in the morning. Everybody, it's kind of like Happy Memorial Day. It sounds good, but there's deeper meaning to it for sure. Because weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Excuse me, let me go back. Sorry. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. So let me back up a little bit. Sorry, I got to jump ahead of myself there because I didn't want to make anybody mad that went to Hobby Lobby or to Joanne's. I'm going to come back to that. Sorry. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. The first part of that. So that's kind of like the Old Testament scripture, right? You say that, but in the New Testament, if you, David Gusick says, that same could be written like correction or discipline of God is for a moment, but his grace abides forever. I like that. His grace abides forever. So his anger is but for a moment. Like a a father and a child. Many things. I remember. I used to grow up. He was playing a lot of baseball, right? I played a lot of baseball, and my dad bought me this swing set, big swing set. It was actually it was a rusty one. It was like eight foot, eight foot tall, right, six foot wide, and then he put this tarp. He hung this tarp on the swing, and then he hung this big tire in the middle. Anybody ever have any of those growing up? All right. So right, and then he, he'd step it off, right? Step it off. He'd Got the pitcher's mound, get up there, and now I got to, I'm not pointing at Greg there, I'm going to go down the middle of the aisle. Then I got to tire, I got to hit that tire, that's the strike zone, right? So I'd go through, and I'd like, Dad, I kind of like this. And then I remember one day I was like, well, Dad's not home yet, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to practice. So I got out there, he had a bucket of baseballs. And so I got there, I'm like, all right. now I'm like probably 10, probably 10. That first baseball, all right. I wind up, I'm looking at that tire and that ball goes I was like and then that ball did what? Went to my daddy's building and it was just flying right toward the window now I got lucky, I got lucky he had a screen on his window so I didn't break his window but I broke the screen but I didn't have to pay for a window. And he was a little upset, right? About as upset as I was uh, a week or two ago. I got a nice new fishing shirt, green one, had the crankbait, spinnerbait on the back. I like it, it's really nice. I thought about wearing it this morning, but. And my son walks up to me, and he just pokes me in the belly with a pencil. I said, Boy, what'd you do that for? Then I looked down and I had an ink mark on my brand new green fishing shirt. Uh, uh. By the way, I used to watch wrestling, and my favorite wrestler was The Rock, and he had this move, Rock Bottom, where you throw your arm over the shoulder and you slam him down. So I said, "What'd you do that for?" And I picked him up and turned around and body slammed him on the couch. Not really, but I wanted to. Actually, I might have. I think I did. Um, He was safe. He was safe. Right? I was a little upset. But my son didn't lose any favor with me. Right? He didn't lose any favor with me. Right? So those fun examples, my dad to my son. Right? God's anger is real, but it's only momentary. We'll never lose favor in God's eyes when we're adopted. Into to his family, for sure. I got other stories about losing favor, but I'll save them for another day in my family. All right. So, but weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And this is where I was going with the Hobby Lobby of Joann's, right? You got this sign. It looks like just all pretty. You got these light colors that look, look great in your living room, right? Of that sign of where joy's coming in the morning. Joy's coming in the morning. But it's much deeper than that. When I read this line, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning, you know what that says to me? That's a promise. That's a promise. It's much more than just a Hobby Lobby sign on your wall, it's a promise from God above. And promise in our family is a word we don't use a lot. If I don't know what we're going to do later today, my answer is, we'll see. I don't say I promise a lot. We don't downplay that word. If I do use it, it's going to happen. But what I see here, weeping may tarry in the night, but joy comes in the morning, that's a promise. And God's going to deliver on that promise. It's kind of like at a hotel, you got to check out. right? you got to check out at 11 o'clock most places. I always remember my mom would always try to get a one or two more hour extension. I always liked that because I could play in the pool a little bit longer. Right? But it's like that. Think about a hotel room. Weeping. Staying there all night. But guess what? It's got a time. And it's got to get out. Right? That weeping has to check out. Because joy is going to check in in our lives. And so that's a promise that I found very reassuring as I went through and studying this week. So joy is moving next. Right? So God's goodness will continue to be expressed if we focus on Him and we don't despair. If there's no God, there's no hope. Hello, that's a problem. Why do we see all the hopeless situations and the hopeless people and the downtrodden faces? You know, I was picking on Eeyore a couple of weeks back. Why do we see that on so many faces? Because there's no God, there's no hope. It's that simple. Short declarative sentence, no God, no hope. A lot of people weep when they worry, but instead we should worship. We should worship. Because we do have a God of hope. And man, I am thankful, so thankful for that God of hope we have in our lives. Verse 6, Psalms 30, verse 6. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. Now, this first part of mine, this one hit me. This one hit me pretty good when I was reading and studying on it. Are right? you thinking, well, why that? Why that hits you? Because this is me. David was overconfident due to his victories and accomplishments. Do you see that? I said in my what? In my prosperity, I shall never be moved, all right? So the other day, I was talking about picking on, you know, going through the budget cycle and all this stuff, and I was taking the org chart, and I was like, all right, if I move this person here, if I can bind this or move this position later, doing all this stuff, and then um, one of my kids come to me and says, well, Daddy, you're at the top of the org chart. I was like, 15 long years of doing exactly what I was supposed to do every day, inside, outside, go, 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 every day. But I realized that my response to my child was what I had done. And that's when this verse smacked me right in the face. How was I healthy to go to work every day? How did I have a wife that helped me, support me every day? Because God allowed it. God allowed it. David realized and I realized that God allows us to stand strong by one thing, His favor alone. God's favor alone. I'll never forget, you'll probably hear me say it again, but one of the first sermons, first lines that Huff ingrained in my head was that even if a person is shot, God controls his last breath. He is in control. Verse 7, by your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face; I was dismayed. Remember, David. I don't. You can actually see the ruins of David's um, house today. the The ruins are still there. Which again, think about how mighty this place would have been then, and now it's just in ruins. And think about man-made versus God-made. Right? That's another. message as well, but you're standing there and these mountains around him, I can just see David just standing there. It says, but by your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You made my mountain stand strong. Look at the mountains. Look at where we live. How awesome is it to where we go? We went to Annapolis Rock the other day and we hike up there. You're standing there. It's like God made that mountain there. All he did was, all he did was speak. The power, the majesty that He has. Again, that casting crown songs, it says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. And who do we see except God's beauty and His majesty. Last part of verse 7, it says, you hid your face. I was dismayed. It's not a game of hide and seek here. David's not talking about a game of hide and seek. He's simply saying um, here that, yeah. and, and I, again, I've used this before, but it's burdened to my memory about how the, the young couple, they, they start dating, right? And they sit side by side in the, in the single road truck, right? And then 25 years later, they, she's on this side of the truck and they were holding hands. And now 25 years later, he says, or she says, oh, honey, why aren't you holding my hand? And then he looks back at her and says, honey, I'm not the one that moved. God doesn't move. We're the ones in our lives that move. And again, it's just like, so we want to chase this and we want to chase that, and we want to do this. I tell you what, yesterday was a beautiful day. Did you know what we did in my house? Nothing. Nothing. It was cold and it was rainy. So we sat, we talked, we played games, had fun together. Nothing. And it was so good last night just to sit down and look at God's Word, read God's Word, and realize that God is with us. God is with us. He doesn't hide His face, especially when we look for it. Verse 8 To you, O Lord, I cry. And to the Lord I plead for mercy. That sounds familiar. It's, very, it's a repeat of verse 2. All right? Mercy is withholding what one deserves. God knew, or David knew God's power. And he pleaded for him to, for his mercy. Verse 9. This one's an interesting verse. I really like this verse. It says, What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? David doesn't know what's going to happen to him when he dies. Almighty King David, he's saying right here, what profit is in in my death? If I die, I cannot praise you. I can't if I die. Now that seems a stark contrast to Philippians one twenty one. So turn with me to Philippians Right. So we have David saying here, What profit is in my death if I go down the pit? Who's going to praise you? Who will tell of your faithfulness? But then we have Paul in Philippians saying, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen to that what i love a lot of people say it's a contradiction they want to try to find contradiction in god's word well guess what this is not a contradiction instead it's a revelation from the old testament to the new testament because look with me now in second timothy verses 1 2 timothy verses 1 10 It says, Second Timothy 1:10, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Through the gospel. Few small verses. David doesn't understand. He thinks, well, how's the dust going to praise God? How is he going to get any credit? How's God going to get any glory if I die? We have Paul that struggles because he wants to be with Christ. And how can he continue to do his work? But right there in 2 Timothy, it says that Christ provided the answer through the gospel. We understand. We know now that Christ conquered death. We put our trust in him. We conquered death. We praise God forever with Christ in eternity now that we know the gospel. It's kind of like the beauty of the Monday morning quarterback situation. Everybody heard that phrase. David was in the game, right? And he didn't know how the play was going to play out. And we're going to give David a bad rap because he said, Who's going to to praise you? Is the dust going to praise you? But Christ answered that for us. He answered it for us, which is, I like that aspect of those pieces coming together. Verse 10, it says, Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. David relied on the mercy of God. We don't get what we deserve. Right? So he went through financial peace. Dave Ramsey always says at his phone calls to his callers, he said, Hey, how are you doing? And he says, Better than I deserve. Every time. Better than I deserve. I tried that a few times. You know you walk by. How you doing today? Doing good? Right? Doing good. That's how we all are. How you doing today, Will? Doing good. Now Will talked to me at Walmart the other day, by the way. He stopped and talked to me after we got through the good part. Right? But it's so much Try, try using that phrase. Still his phrase. Somebody says, How are you doing? Say better than I deserve. That'll start a conversation. At least start an eyebrow raise. What'd you say? Better than I deserve. You don't need to drop Jesus in a lap on the second lap, but that'll start a conversation. Better than how was your day? Good. Better than I deserve. Better than you deserve for what? It works. Trust me, it works. Take that little nugget with you. All right? All right, in verse 10, this is the other thing. Take with you. If you haven't heard anything I've said today, take the last part of verse 10 with you, okay? This prayer, shortest prayer, take it, use it. Oh, Lord, be my helper. Charles Spurgeon says, another compact, expressive, ever-fitting prayer. It is suitable to hundreds of the cases of the Lord's people. It is well-becoming in the minister who is going to preach to the sufferer upon the bed of pain, to the toiler in the field of service, to the believer under temptation, to the man of God under adversity, when God helps difficulties banish. O oh Lord, be my helper. Comma. Put your situation in there. No matter what conversation, no matter what struggle, no matter what trial, no matter what conversation you need to have or you're going to do today, oh Lord, be my helper and finish it for you. Okay? Finish it for you. Verse 11 You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Clothed me with gladness. God answered David's cry. His morning had come as he was clothed with gladness. Turn with me out of John chapter 11. Turn with me to John chapter 11. I threw this in there, Brian, but I know your software is pretty quick. John chapter 11. Now we had that short prayer. Right, read right, that short prayer a minute ago, O Lord, be my helper. I've told you what the shortest verse in the Bible is John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept, right? So you got your Bible memorization skills going on there with Jesus wept. And this is in the story of Lazarus, right? John chapter 11. Right, it says in John chapter 11, verse, um, verse 21. John chapter 11, verse 21. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's what Martha said. And Mary said later in verse 32, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That sackcloth is on thick. That mourning is on thick, right, for both Mary and Martha. And then John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. What I love about the Scripture and when it tells stories, in my Bible I've got pretty small print, but just in the next column over, In in John chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Lazarus had been raised. Mary, Martha, sackcloth was torn off. And joy was back. And they were now clothed with gladness. Now clothed with gladness. Back to Psalms 30. Psalms 30 verse 12 says this, That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Simple question. If you are silent, how will people know about your Savior? The world around you, the adversaries of the world, They want us to be silent believers. Does that make sense? Silent believers. Makes sense, but is that what God calls us to be? No. How often have we heard in this passage alone about praising to God, singing to Him, worshiping Him, but instead we just want to be canceled. I saw a shirt the other day that said, Cancel, cancel culture. I like thought about buying it. I was like, I don't want to get into that. Cancel, cancel culture. Right? Let's praise God for what He's given us. Because, see, God works through the people that will give Him glory. And my glory is not my own glory. It's God's glory. Colossians 3.23 says this, very famous verse. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. Here at the very end of our passage, Psalms 30, 12, part B, I guess. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. David finished with a determination to praise God for what he had done in his life. And he finished by thanking God forever. So will you do the same in your own life? So as we close today, stay seated. Brother Brian, if you can play this lyric video, this Casting Crown song. I grew up with them. I like a lot of their songs. Many of you do as well. But will you continue to always remember and praise God for what he's done in your life.